Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is episode number 212. Joining me today is Joel Zerla. Yes, I am here. Jordan Hurst. Hey, I will be cynical the whole time. And Brian Tyler. Drop your socks and grab your titans, because this episode of the Darkcast is coming at you. Man. <laughs> Always ready for a quip. Uh, yes. But yeah, this episode, we, we talk about Titanfall a little bit, but majorly, majorly, mainly, we are talking about E3 and kind of doing a final recap on what we thought of the show and uh, what we're excited about going into the future. So uh, yeah, that future involves giant robots. So yeah, yeah, on with the show. Hey guys, it's like it feels like a really long time since we've sat down and podcasted, um, but it, it's not. It's only been a week. It's not. It's like a week since we podcasted a lot. A lot. Yeah, it's, been, it's been like two months for me. So that that it, is true. Okay, so it has been a while. It has been it's a while for you. So maybe I'm just getting, <laughs> maybe I'm getting wires crossed, and I think it's been that long because it's been a while since you've been on Jordan. It's just not uh, a podcast without me. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, I don't know what happened to that five or seven hours of recording I did last week, but really, it's that been was too not much, a so. podcast. Exactly. Um, that was just recording myself talk. <laughs> did, you, did you guys actually do like a full hour for each conference? No, because some of the conferences were not worth an hour. Uh, um, <laughs> but were though. By and large, yes. <laughs> EA, I That's, think we did it in thirty-five crazy. minutes, and uh, I think. Sony, I think we only did like 45, 50 minutes. It was actually pretty short. We were tired. We were very tired. Um, yeah, that one kind of always drops off at the end just because it's so yeah. late on our side. The energy, yeah. That and actually this year, Sony uh, had a much more succinct show. So They did. There, I mean, there was only, what, maybe a dozen games there? Uh, Something like that. I mean, it was, I don't know. The, it was chock full of games. I don't know how many games were actually there. I did uh, write them all down, and I could bring up notes, and you know we could. Be, I could to. be professional about this, um, but uh, yeah, no, they. I don't know. It felt like a lot. It may not have been that much, uh, but it was good stuff. It was fun. Uh, no, there was a, there was uh, at least a dozen, if not more. So was, I would say about fifty percent of the total number of what they usually do because Sony usually has a good block in the middle where they show like 18 to 20 like indie games that are coming that is to true. their platform first that is true. and they, they just didn't do that. They did yeah. completely drop that. But they also dropped talking about like Sony TV shows coming to PlayStation. Uh, so that's yeah, that really kind of balances that. They replaced it with a bunch of VR games that I will never be able to play. Okay. I mean, they, you could play some of them. Like, they may not like even people. be games. No, like literal. Well, okay, but like <laughs> things that are exclusive to VR. I d I discovered I think probably in the gap between the last time I was on the podcast, um, I tried VR for the first time, okay. and it was like thirty seconds in, motion sickness and like Ooh. unbearable motion sickness. So it's just VR is completely off the table for so me. So I gotta ask, what mm. what platform were you using, and what game were you playing? Uh platform. It must have been Oculus because it didn't have the, the controllers Touch of, of the Vive, okay. um, and it was just like a, an indie game. I, I went to it was at the uh, Toronto Game Jam. Oh, that cool! I did That's at right. The That's right. May, yeah. One of the other people there made well made a VR game, and I tried it for 
all of 30 seconds and then I <laughs> I had to just like whip off the headset and be like I can't do this I need to go yeah. sit down somewhere so I, I would say maybe try one more uh, the only reason I say that is I've also gotten motion sickness from trying other people's VR headsets in the past uh, these have all been mobile so not not the best kind of experiences for VR by at all um, the one thing I've heard though is if there is a big difference between a game developed for VR and a game rushed into VR um, and uh, people actually talked a lot about Resident Evil 7 getting them incredibly sick uh, and it really sounds like from all accounts Capcom just kind of phoned in the VR section and it sounds like from what I understand you really can't take it easy on the VR stuff you got to be perfect otherwise you're just going to get people hurling over yeah, the these, side so. these guys um, certainly sounded like they knew what they were talking about I was talking like I was sitting very close to them during the jam so I was kind of talking yeah. development yeah. with them and he was saying like you need to avoid having um, any kind of persistent UI elements because that will be like instant motion sickness even for people who don't regularly get motion sickness and so they made that they made sure that everything that popped up in their game was only there yeah. for like one second and then it immediately disappears bummer yeah no it's it's an interesting field because I'm actually more in your boat too Jordan I I can't do a lot of like the simulator rides at, at uh, amusement parks, which is a pretty good test for VR from what I yeah. hear. So, um, I feel like I might be eBaying my PlayStation VR headset like a week after I buy it because um, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm going to be able to actually use it. But you're uh, still gonna buy it because I, I gotta try it. Plus, if there's a shortage of them, you could always make a few bucks. True. Sure. And they're probably knowing the way hardware tends to work. Yeah, yeah, so they, I mean, I feel like so, it's Sony's nice already been different. saying that they expect shortages, so <laughs> which that's nuts which, for them to which, be like what yeah. six months out and be like, yeah, there'll, there'll be shortages. We're not planning well, that at all. To but me, the, but, yeah, to me that just screams artificial <laughs> shortage. Sure, yeah, oh, absolutely, especially because this thing seems like it's been hardware complete for a long time. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. So I, I'm absolutely kind of in the same boat. I've, I've only played. Uh, the Samsung VR stuff um, and I've used actually some third-party iPhone peripherals to do VR stuff um, and I've gotten somewhat queasy but I've never had that where, as bad as you're saying Jordan where 30 seconds and I'm yeah. literally going to die. I'm also, I'm also just I'm very prone to motion sickness period okay. I, okay. I get seasickness if I'm on anything larger than yep. a lake um, yep. I, can't, I can't read or play games in a, in a moving vehicle at all. Yeah. Nope. I don't know and how people you're, do that, actually. Your VR childhood. might not be for you, Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's you know, actually, totally I saw someone, I was. I flew up to uh, Seattle at the very beginning of the year, and someone had a Samsung VR headset on a plane. I was <laughs> looking at them, and I'm like, I would hurl just putting that thing over my face, let alone, like, actually turning something on on that thing and uh, actually playing or watching a video or playing something. I would literally just hurl putting that on my face. So the idea of someone putting that on for, like, an hour was kind of nuts. Also, I don't trust people enough to put a VR headset on on an airplane for an hour. <laughs> I'm just, like... I'm just picturing someone sitting there on a plane, like, swinging their head around with a headset on, and it just looks silly, and I couldn't imagine doing it even if I wanted right. to. Hmm. I feel really sorry for you guys, because I've never experienced any of that, ever. Yeah, I've, I've just, only ever... just drink before you get on planes. That, that is true, <laughs> I do drink. I, before and while on. 
Um, yes. Otherwise, terrible headaches. Um, I only figure about 100 episodes back we had this conversation <laughs> on the podcast. I don't know what episode it was, but we def- I definitely remember that one. Uh, yes, yes. Lots of drinking while on planes. But it's not because of motion sickness. I just I just get headaches, which is weird. But, um, but yeah, the only thing VR-wise I've ever played with is uh, I've got a friend that he has the uh, Google Cardboard, and uh, he calls yeah. it his Oculus Thrift. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, I I have played or not really played but watched a little like roller coaster demo thing with that and I I didn't have any problems so I, I think I'll be okay but I guess I'll find out when I actually get real VR and not something that really just kind of looks like a a video with parallaxing going on right um but uh. Anyway, yeah. So they Sony did talk uh, a lot about um, a lot about VR. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that they they didn't really designate the end. Like there was there was a video and it said like and much more or something like that. But they didn't say okay. And now here's the rest of the conference. And so they started showing all these other games. And I'm like, Brian, is is all this coming out for VR? This is, this all is VR. nuts. What's going on? I think on? the next thing was like Call of Duty, which I didn't realize was Call of Duty until the very it was end. Called, and it started, yeah, no. and the way it started was because of the fact that it's in first person and this dude's like walking through a space station, yeah. like all slow and nothing's going on. And you're like, wow. It's like, what, this what are looks they doing here? awesome. I can't wait I will, to play this in VR. It's like, wait, yeah, this isn't right. VR. You I will tricked say, me. Right. I, I, I was with you guys. I, I wasn't on the, well, the call when you guys were talking about the the Call of Duty stuff, but I will say this. I know we're going to be talking about, like, surprises and disappointments. Um, Call of Duty looked great this year. I, I was really I surprised how, yeah. uh, how great it looked. I don't want to play the multiplayer, but uh, the sections they showed of that single player looked really cool. Now, will it be cool in real life, and will it not just be the straightforward, you know, point-to-point shooter? I, I don't know, but the stuff they showed looked really cool. It is amazing how much a grappling hook improves things. It, absolutely. <laughs> I'd be very interested to see how much better received Infinite Warfare would have been if it wasn't for that stupid uh, Modern Warfare uh, remastered debacle. What what Modern Warfare remastered um, debacle? The the trail the first trailer for Infinite Warfare before E3 when it first announced it it also announced Modern Warfare re- remastered but mm-hmm. you have to buy Infinite Warfare in order to get Modern Warfare Remastered. It's right. not standalone, and apparently, right, right. in the trailer for Infinite Warfare, is the most disliked, Unliked, right? disliked game trailer right. on YouTube. I believe that's. <laughs> I believe it still holds the record. That and what yeah. was the other? Was as a movie trailer? Was it Ghostbusters? Uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, that's a whole other you want to be in. Worms there, no. though. You don't want to get into that discussion. No. That's uh. Wow. That's it currently so has two million nine hundred fifty-four thousand eight hundred twenty-two dislikes and only four hundred sixty-nine thousand likes. That's, that's a the, the odds are against this game. Yeah, which I mean, like, except I don't, that it, it's not because it's still gonna it's, sell because it's, it's, yeah, it's called still called Call of Duty. I actually wonder how big. I, I feel like if a game had come out, uh, we didn't even know it was Call of Duty when they showed it at Sony's, but 
had that been a different game or not called Call of Duty come out of any of the Call of Duty developers, that might have been one of my most anticipated games coming sure. out of three, just from that demo. Because I was like, oh, wow, yeah. this is really cool. You say that about most Call of Duty games. That's People true. People would you, always... Yeah. I mean, I remember last year with uh, Black Ops 3, and I mean, it, it didn't turn out to be anything special, but I remember kind of watching the trailer and seeing that you, you basically have, like, crisis... Uh, style superpowers in that game, and I was like, "Dope! This looks amazing." And then I saw it was Call of Duty. I was like, "Meh." meh. <laughs> well, I'm part of the problem with was at least <laughs> if you have any pattern recognition, um, you know that like all the cool stuff they give you is basically just going to be used once, and then you're back into right. a linear, yeah, uh, I, generic the, shooter. The thing, then, like, wa- watching the uh, yeah, watching the Infinite Warfare trailer, like. If that's kind of free roam, much more sandboxy, like liberal use of a grapple hook to both reel yourself in towards a ship or reel other people in to you so that you can punch them in the face and remove their mask and make them suffocate in the vacuum of space, then like if, if that's a staple of the game, if that kind of stuff you can do all the time, that's awesome. If the 15 minutes or however much of that we saw, it, if that's the only part of the game that stuff takes place in, then yeah, that sucks. Yeah, pretty much. And if, if the track record you know, uh, remains consistent, then that's the only part of the game that plays anything like that. Right. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's uh, the only part of that game that actually has that those mechanics, which sucks. But it does. Uh, build a game around that area. Uh, that would have easily been one of the games I was coming out of E3 most hyped about. Sure. Titanfall has a grapple hook you can use all the time. <laughs> that's true. That game looks pretty good, too. Yeah, it and does. it has a single player. So it I does. may play this that's, one. That's totally worth um, taking an hour out of everyone's time to announce at E3. That it has a single player. It like, would have been. It would have been like great if they of took all games ever. If they had taken an hour to talk about the single player, that would have been a better E3 or <laughs> EA conference than what we had, because that was shite. Yeah, that was actually the worst conference. Yeah. yeah that, probably since the the Xbox One reveal, that that terrible day. Yeah, and actually, you yeah. know what? I'd take that Xbox One reveal any day because I think that at least that had some cojones behind it it had some ambition behind it yeah it was jumbled and they they marketed themselves into uh, like just console hell but um, and don matrick yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh but uh, I, I would i will at least say like I, I at least liked the ambition of what they were going for i felt like ea came out and was like hey we really like stockholders like we really like the money we're getting from our stockholders and here's all the cool stuff that will come out at some point um yeah. Yep, we uh, filled our obligation. We only ever have one game to show you at a time, (laughs) but here's stuff that we're thinking about working on and And stuff that may be in production. I was just going to say, and by the way, all of our stockholders, I want to make sure you know this, but all of our guys are hard at work. We're going to show you (laughs) over shoulder their computers. They don't have Chrome up at all. They are totally just working. (laughs) Right, and like what's, what's funny about that is the fact that if you look at Sony's press conference, like... It was all stuff that is totally in development, except for, um, uh, what's it called, Horizon, which actually has a date to it. Everything else was, like, listed as in development, but they showed stuff for it. Mm -hmm. They didn't give us a four and a half minute, you know, a four and a half minute video of, like, here's all the things that Star Wars were doing. Yeah. (laughs) Like, they showed us crap. So, you... 
So EA is in a weird spot. So if you take the opposite approach, right, and you go Ubisoft and you show Watch Dogs four years in a row, um, then you come out with a game and everyone's like, hey, I've already seen all this. It's not really that exciting. Um, and I, I actually worried about that with Sony because I thought the God of War stuff was amazing. But that game doesn't look, that game's probably three or four years out. Like, who knows when that game's coming out? Yeah, that game's at least two. Yeah, that's, so that's probably can... not it. Not and that's probably like a. I would say it's probably like a 2018 release. So sure. you're telling me you want to see that game again and again? <laughs> no, no, no. But that's at the same time, like about you know, no like, man's pick sky your... going well, into, God, going into so... this E3. Because like, how many years in a row have we seen No Man's Sky? And it's just like, yeah, it, we get it. It's coming out this year. And I was very happy to not see it this I, year. I think we've actually only seen No Man's Sky at like two conference or two years. But it's been one of those games that's been at every conference. Yeah, it like feels like year. a lot so more So we've than seen that. it, we've seen it like seven times. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, EA is in a weird spot. Um, but I mean, that, I don't know. To me, it doesn't seem that ridiculous because even I, I think I mentioned this either in the EA conference or or one of the others, or, or maybe I just talked about it while we were watching it. I don't, I don't remember. Um, but two years ago, when EA had their first terrible conference, um, their, their, their first of this current trend of just showing, you know, concept art and videos of people working on games instead of actual games, um, they ended it with that brief teaser for Star Wars Battlefront. And there was no gameplay, it was just, it was snow, and then there was, like, an ATAT foot hit the ground and when it came back up there was the battlefront logo that's all they had to do and people went ape shit they went nuts everyone was excited and then the actual game came out right but that's irrelevant as far as the press conference goes they could have just shown logos of star wars games they could have shown things that only showed that much but instead they showed us people working on Star Wars games. Quite frankly, though, that may be, that kind of tells you maybe they're not even ready to say That's, what game they're going to come out we with. We don't even know what this game yeah, is. We have no title. They literally just said well, this look at studio Jade is working on a Star Wars game. Her That's studio, all we know. Yeah, I mean, like Jade Raymond's studio, we don't even still have a clue really what they're working on. It seems like they're dabbling, but it's like, are they going to have their own game? Are they... Are they not? Like, are they assisting on um, the Visceral game? Like, what are they doing? And I don't know. It's Yeah, because uh, Motive and Visceral are, every time they've been talked about, they're always talked about, like, together. Yeah. Um, so it's I interesting. Know. I think EA is in a weird spot. And yet, I, I, I think we talked about this during the EA stuff, but uh, um, they're, they're making so much money on their mobile stuff that uh, they, can, they can afford to come out with two games a year. Um, especially when their successes like Battlefront was. Um, I'm surprised we didn't see more mobile, not quite shovelware if it's from EA. I don't think but... they need to. I, I really just don't think they're going to get a bump. In fact, I think it just works against them. Though they can come out with the Minions too, and <laughs> it'll be at the top of the iOS charts. And right, and and I mean the way things. the way the mobile market even works, like you, you don't announce that stuff months or even really weeks before it comes out. You announce that stuff like the day that it's out, and people yeah. go yeah. and buy it. <clears throat> um, so having it at a a conference like this does kind of do them a disservice because that market's just not. It, Same. Yeah, it has no attention span, so... 
<laughs> you can't market it, you know, I any length of time. Kind of would have said the same the same about sports games. You don't really need to announce them six months in advance, but EA does that anyway. I'm gonna let it's, that one just is that, slide is that right seething, seething noise, Joel. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I do think that there is a better way to market their sports games than what they've been EA's been doing at press conferences. I, I, I think they do have a spot at press conferences. I think the way that they market them, oftentimes with celebrity cameos, uh, is just kind of offensive. Um, it, they could just do exactly what they do with other games and say, hey, this is why you should be excited this year for that game, and that's it. Um, they, I think if you market it just like a normal video game, it works just fine, and I think you actually, you probably make everyone in the, the crowd and watching uh, a lot happier, too, because... Uh, I'm going to be your are... sports anger translator, Joel, and I'm going to say what you really mean to say, <laughs> that they should have taken 15 minutes to talk about the damn tennis game they need to be working on. Well, okay, it's a different <laughs> story, Brian, if you're talking about a tennis game, because if, if they actually brought out a tennis game, they should definitely spend the time bringing out some tennis superstars out there to talk about how great that game's going to be. Otherwise, they can just throw a trailer up there, and I think everyone will be happy. How's that? That works. That's fine. All right. I think you, Joel, I think you touched on, like, one of the problems I have with E3 in general okay. is that co companies' inability to just say this is why this game is going to be enjoyable. Yeah, like, no, I, I, I feel like years ago you didn't need all the the marketing and PR and everything because they just kind of said like, "Here's our console, here's our games. Don't they look fun? Yes, they do. Now we have to like hide behind pre-rendered trailers to." Yeah. prevent people from seeing what problems our games might have. And I will say the perfect um, example of what I would love to see is what Nintendo did with Zelda this year. I think what they did was say, hey, we were really proud of this game. Uh, you can love it or hate it, but here's what this game is and here's why you should be excited about it and literally just dedicated their whole conference to it. Now, you could also the Devil's Advocate could say they have nothing else to show, so that's yeah. why I did that. But I, I would say, for me anyways, it was super successful, and I think I, that was... I super, I super questioned that move until I saw Zelda. Yeah, me too. And that... Holy hell, that looks good. So, I'm going to be the guy that still hasn't watched anything about the new Zelda. What? Tell me about Zelda. Why, why is Zelda... What is it? Breath of the Wind... Breath of the Wild. 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 There you go. Leaf on the Wind. That's it. Yeah, anyway, not really. Um, and then you get stabbed. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay, so tell me about Zelda. First thing I noticed, voice acting. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there were only, like, two lines spoken, but they spoke, and it wasn't just, like, a ran random noises. It was actual words. Cool. Yep. Okay. Uh, I thought, uh, so, giant open worlds seems like you can choose your... Like giant. Yeah, I mean, probably too big. I, I have a bad feeling this game's going to be too big, but um, the area that they showed looked massive, but at the same time, lots of stuff to do. Uh, there's definitely good traversal now, so um, even a little bit Ubisoft-ish, where you can climb up pretty much everything. Uh uh, this sounds stupid, but uh, dedicated jump button, which is yeah, I see, but they've never had that. 
Um, I don't know. The game just looked great. I, I, for a Wii U game, it was shockingly beautiful. I've heard anecdotally that there's some frame rate problems and uh, some slowdown. So hopefully the NX can... Uh, the NX version is going to look great. Actually, I've heard rumors that Nintendo was off saying that the NX version won't look different. I hope that's not true. Um, but there, there's been a lot of people that I've been listening to that have played the game that said that they talked to Nintendo and that that game's going to be the ex- exact same on the NX, supposedly. Has Nintendo confirmed that the console is called the NX? No. Okay, so it's still just I think a... that's just a code name. That's yeah. Just, yeah, that's just the, what they're using for it, it now. It, it is the, the is that even their code name, or is that yes. just like a fan yeah. name? Uh, they with, referred um, to it as the NX. Reggie, Reggie actually referred to it when he was introducing everything on Tuesday. Okay, cool. Okay. Uh, definitely heavier on RPG elements, too. So uh, uh, stamina meter, you have to use certain items uh, that all I think all weapons degrade over time uh, in this game, uh, which looks pretty cool. Uh, just It honestly just looks that, like a no, mark. No, that, that just, weapon degradation is never cool. <laughs> I, I, I don't think your master sword would be great, but I, one of the things that they showed off a lot was stealing your enemy's weapons, um, and those definitely do degrade. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it just looks like a very modern-day um, open-world RPG set in Hyrule, which to me is kind of what I've wanted out of Zelda since Ocarina of Time. So um, it looks great. I, I, I'm worried that it might be too big, but uh, we'll see. Uh, otherwise, I thought this was easily the... One of the most impressive games of the year. Uh, as can be, as can be predicted, I really like the climbing aspect of it, the verticality. I thought that was really good. I am. So, very are there like towers that, that you have to, be... to climb to open up new sections of the world? I or don't what, think what are you so. Climbing? God, I hope not. <laughs> I kind of hope so. As long as you can <laughs> jump in hate, as long as you can jump in hate barrels, I'm good. From what I saw, it's not a like Assassin's Creed-esque tower but there are places that you do, I think they're like bonfires or something similar to that that you light up and a portion of the map at that point does get revealed Damn it, Nintendo Yeah, I am very worried that it, it seems to be like Nintendo's answer to the generic sandbox of modern times but on the other hand, pretty much every time Nintendo comes out with, like, their answer to some genre that they don't normally do, it ends up being really good. Like, Metroid Prime being their answer to first-person shooters, and Splatoon being their answer to multiplayer third-person shooters. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm interested to see what Nintendo's take on an open world is, because I, I can't think of any, like, any Nintendo games that really have an open world the way we usually think of an open world like yeah in yeah. Zelda you can go anywhere you want but things are still um, sectioned into areas and have a I was going to say Wind very... Waker maybe um, yeah. but, but that was so it's... I mean it's pretty empty open world so and it, it still has a very rigid progression mm-hmm. like you, you have dungeons and everything it's not like, like a mission structure like right. Far Cry or Assassin's Creed or anything like that I don't know. I thought the game just looked brilliant. I, I think for uh, a long-time Zelda fan, it looked like a very nice progression. It definitely seemed to do away with a lot of older Zelda mechanics, and uh, it just looks like a refre- refreshed, newer look at Zelda. And to me, that's really exciting. I think uh, it's 
it's needed now the big question mark and i think this the one caveat i have to this game is i still don't understand when this is coming out and where um <laughs> zelda link i should say i always say zelda link is holding what looks to be a wii u tablet uh, uh and so uh i'm not sure what that means for the nx and i'm really hoping that doesn't mean you need another game pad tablet style thing for the nx uh so that that is a concern and i think that was the only thing that was holding me back from like just all out just i'm really really pumped for this game is i really don't want to play this for the wii on the wii u um and i'd really like to see what that new platform is but if that new platform doesn't look great it starts to make me question how much um i really want this game and maybe i'll just play it on the wii u uh but it's it's a weird place for this game to be it's the same way i felt with twilight princess um but i i just yeah it makes me really wonder what the heck that nx is gonna be you and everybody else (laughs) yep (laughs) and i i think it was like this uh this big cloud over that game um the entire time because you're kind of like huh i wonder what that other version is going to be that that only works against you unfortunately Sure. Sure, sure. And so, for some uh, reason, it has a cooking system. Mm. Apparently, there's a there was a scene in one of the trailers where he's yes. like cooking a bunch of mushrooms in a pot over fire. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, that's definitely that's, in there. That's it's usually very, the best way to cook. Stuff is it's very kind of survivalist. You were cutting down trees. You were collecting stuff. You were making things and huh. cooking meats. That have apparently various buffs. It is that this is like this really is kind of Nintendo's like this is how you know we're we're gonna do this kind of stuff, and that's that's a little exciting. I, mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've been kind of that excited over something like that, and that looked I was really surprised at at how well that seemed to hold together, and and a Zelda that's kind of about that exploration that the first one was. Of sure, just going yeah. out into the map and just find, you know, kind of finding your way through things. That that seems really exciting to me. Yeah, I'm interested to see how much you actually can um, chart your own path. If they can do some easy, like some quick manipulation and say, hey, you need this armor, which you can only get by going to this temple. And um, how much of that is going to be open and how much of that is actually going to be still linear. I actually kind of am hoping it's quasi open worlds um, where you still have to go down their story path. Um, because I also think um, that is a world that could be um, a great story and having some voice acting in there is going to be so much nicer than uh, uh, reading all the text. So I, I'm interested to see what they do and how open they make it. Um, I, I would hate to grind in a Zelda game, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, um, to bring it down to something actually released the most recent game i reviewed for dark station was um cornerstone the song of tyrim and it was it was basically a wind waker clone with all the traditional zelda mechanics replaced with physics systems and um and crafting systems and it was it was very open world um and the it's it's not really a very good game because it's it's really ambitious but it's it's like a really small scale indie game so it just doesn't they they could not do everything they wanted to do clearly but the entire time i was playing it I, all i could think was like this could be amazing if it was a, a developer like nintendo actually 
heading it. Hmm. And that that seems very much what Breath of the Wild is going to be, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That is cool. Dude, Jonathan, there's like hours of footage of that game up there, which once again, I think goes back to Jordan's kind of initial comment. I think that was a, a company saying, hey, this is why this game is cool. Um, this is why we believe in this game. And here, here we are literally opening everything up for you guys to check out. Um, there's some there's some confidence with that, um, especially at E3 where there's a lot of very short, very concise, very limited demos. This was, hey, this game's I looked pretty ready to go. Like I'm wondering if they're holding for the NX or if there's just this is the only part of the game that they've built and they wanted to show this piece off. It's a lot of questions around Nintendo this this year. Still not sure what they're doing, but uh, their Zelda stuff was incredible i'm very very excited about that game definitely one of the top games i thought of e3 this year awesome now i feel weird just like i'm not excited for that game at all um just because i don't know i don't really care for zelda games i'm weird that way but if you called it a darksiders game i'd be like yes that sounds amazing can, i want to play we have, that can right we have now. another darksiders game now wouldn't that be great I like, love another Darksiders game. Who owns the rights the... to Darksiders now that THQ Nordic, went Nordic under. Games. Yep, Nordic Games. And who are they? Anybody? Uh, exactly. They... <laughs> so, uh, Nordic is one of the two publishers that picked up most of the stuff from THQ. So, Nordic and Deep Silver uh, picked up, like, by and large, most of the stuff that came out of the uh, THQ liquidation. Uh, I want to say that uh, Nordic Games has done a lot of the like Piranha Bytes games, so like Gothic, I think that they did. They've done a lot of other random things. They uh, apparently are the ones that published Broken Age. I'm looking at their stuff right now. Um, they're they're not a big time uh, studio. They did the physical release of uh, Ori in the Blind Forest. Uh, they do a lot of uh, like adventure games like uh, Book of Unwritten Tales and stuff like that uh, lately they've been making a lot of money on re-releasing a lot of uh, THQ games like uh, Darksiders and uh, I think they, they're the ones that did the Darksiders 2 the Definitive Edition and um, re-releasing some like Red Faction games and whatnot. so uh, there have been there have been people that have said stuff about uh, Nordic and then the uh, one of the main offshoots of uh, Vigil, the developers behind uh, Darksiders, uh, Airship Syndicate, that maybe at some point they'll work together. Um, who knows? We may get some other kind of Darksiders game. Maybe not as ambitious because Airship is, is like four people. Um, but who knows? I don't know. Darksiders 3 would be awesome. Or any Darksiders thing. But then again, I, wanna, I, I yeah. feel like a hypocrite for saying that because uh, Darksiders well, is really just Zelda. I was just gonna say yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know. That. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I'm I'm confused by it too. I don't <laughs> know why I brought that up. That's okay. Um we all have our tastes and there's certain <laughs> games that we uh don't all go into. I, I think Zelda is one of those games too that I'm not sure if I didn't have the nostalgia if this game would have impressed me as much. 
but I, sure. I literally played these growing up. So this is a franchise that's near and dear to my heart. So seeing it kind of realized in a modern day game just is exciting to me. But I, I have Absolutely. thought a lot about I have thought about a lot about that where if this game wasn't something I played and this was a new IP, I don't know if I'd be as excited about it like I am. Uh, I'm, I'd probably be more excited by um, the Sony game. Um, gosh darn it. Uh, Horizon Open Zero Dawn? Yeah, exactly. Because that's more of a modern day game with mechanics that I'm used to and looks like a really great game. It's another game that yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about. Yes. Yep. I want that yeah, one Hori- too. Horizon looks absolutely fantastic. Um, there's a, I, I don't know if it's just because the uh, the it's a lady and she has a bow, uh, but I, I get a kind of like Tomb Raider vibe yeah, from it, too. like modern yep. Tomb Raider, um, and that that makes me super happy as well. Uh, but that game looks just it's gorgeous and it just looks cool, like you're you know neo cavemen fighting robot dinosaurs, and that's just stupid cool. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm really, uh, I really hope the story's good in that game because I think that's a world that just seems really cool. So I'm really hoping that uh, the narrative of that game is good because I, I, mechanically, I think, um, uh, what's the uh, studio? Gorilla. Gorilla Games has always made good games, but I've always not been into Killzone stories. Sure. Um, and so I'm really hoping that this game, uh, just based off what they've shown over the last two years is going to be as good as it looks. So uh-huh. that's it, definitely one of the top games for me out of E3. Absolutely. It absolutely looks like they left kind of that that kill zone, uh, you know, at least like what that is kind of in the past. And this is like a whole a brand new thing for them. And it, it, it I can't count the number of times I was watching that trailer during the, the press conference going, oh, my God, this looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they they left so much of Killzone behind because, I mean, this game has color in it, which is amazing. <laughs> um, that's that's always cool when games have color in them. Uh, actually, Killzone Shadowfall had some color. Oh, I, f- I forget about that one. That, that was, was not a, a, good game. a launch PS4 title, went in. Yeah, yeah, not a good game. Uh, actually, you know what? I have not liked any of the Killzone games, so I take that back. I'm not even sure mechanically <laughs> they've been that great. Uh, I don't like any of those. I, I think I've played all of them. I definitely played Killzone 2. I don't know about 3. I feel like the I fact that you Shadow. can't remember if you've played them or not speaks a lot about their quality. Oh, yeah. I've never sure. beaten a Killzone game. I've never completed a Killzone game. That I can... Oh, yeah. I can guarantee that. But I don't... Um, now I'm getting worried about this game. I really hope this one's good because this is this is one that I've literally watched <laughs> the gameplay demos of like more than, like more than two or three times. Nice. Uh, I'm really excited. Uh, there, there's yeah. only there's only one trailer, one uh, video out of E3 that I've actually watched more than once. Um, Which one? That, was... That's Spider Man. Spider Man. Yep. My God, that game looks just like everything a Spider Man game should be. Yeah. Did Did I see you jump back into an old Spider Man game? Yes, you did. And oh, then you I was saw so me. Sad. A... <laughs> You saw me immediately jump out of that Spider-Man <laughs> game. What were you in? I picked up Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, okay. That's a bad game. That is that is a terrible game. And I picked it up, and I played it for maybe 20 minutes, and I was like, oh, my God, this is just awful. Like, th- this is the one where they claimed that, uh, you know, they brought back 
swinging and it would be awesome and it actually the triggers like correspond to your hands uh so left trigger left hand right trigger right hand and um like it just does not feel good at all like it's just bad uh thankfully they've made swinging awesome again and it it never actually works that that is true um but uh but i i picked it up for like six dollars at walmart and then I was able to sell it back, and I guess everybody wants Spider-Man games right now because I sold it to GameStop for twelve. So even <laughs> though I wasted twenty minutes of my life, I made six dollars on that game. Well done. Uh, so wow. I, I don't actually feel too bad about that. They should. They should. Down. Yeah, I was gonna say they should pay you to play that game. <laughs> I felt like I was a tester playing that game. Like, hey, uh, you forgot this bug. And this game. Well, and like just the the UI of that game. Like, it oh, feels so like bad. a game that's 15 years old. Yeah, it's like real it, bad. it looks. Oh man, that's just yeah. Amazing Spider-Man Two was god awful. Uh, so yes, you did you did see that, Joel? And I'm sorry Thought you had so. to see that. Um, but that was a weak moment for me. I got really excited about Spider-Man, and uh, then that got tempered. Uh, but yeah, it's awesome to see like a real studio, and not the, the the people that have slaved over all of the movie tie-ins aren't real studios. I'm sure you know all those people have worked incredibly hard. Um, but it's terrible when you know you have a very short time frame, and you know, you've got crazy uh, stipulations uh, to make the game a tie-in and whatnot. But to see this given to a studio that's known for making good other games. Um, is awesome. So Insomniac is making it, which that makes me excited about it too, just because I've grown over the last couple of years to just really adore Insomniac. Um, and so I am, I am so excited. So of like brand new announcements of games I did not know about going into E3, Spider-Man takes the cake for me. Um, I, even though there was only a trailer and um, you know we didn't see any like live gameplay of it or anything like that, we have no idea when it's coming out. Uh, it's not for anybody that was wondering. It is not tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so that is not um, Mister. Was it Tom Holland? Not Tom Holland. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Um, All right. I like that I, suit though. Yeah. I, I do love that suit. Like I, I, I do like you know kind of a, a normal Spider-Man suit, but of the ones that aren't just cut and paste normal like I, I i don't know i feel like it's it's modern like the uh toby mcguire and um andrew garfield uh suits tried to be but at the same time it's still kind of playful because i felt like those two suits both tried to be kind of like edgy with i don't know like dark black spiders with pointy legs and you know tried to look all cool and stuff and this is just i don't know that i like the suit a lot um, I tweeted at the uh, the guy that is the voice of Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank, and I was like, "Are you Spider Man?" And he said, "No." That it sounds like I'm sure this guy's done plenty of other things in the meantime, but I will always remember him as the original Prince of Persia, uh, Yuri, something or another. Lo- Lowenthal. Yes. One of the uh, few voice actors that I can remember the name of, because he's in like everything. <laughs> he is. Um, but he, for whatever reason, I, maybe it's just the, the first time I saw his name, it was from Prince of Persia's Sands of Time. Um, but, uh, so the Ratchet thinks that it's Prince of Persia 
as the voice of Spider-Man. So I'm cool with that. Like that, that's that's a sentence I never thought I would say, but I'm I'm <laughs> happy with it. Um. So, uh, so yeah, that was that was what I was most excited about coming out of this. I have no idea when I'm gonna get to play it, but that's it looked cool. Like <laughs> it just looked cool. Like as as like a like teenager and a kid, like that made me happy. And that extended into adulthood. <laughs> um so yeah, what what else? Uh do we have any other thoughts from other conferences? Dishonored two, anybody? That looked cool. Dishonored two was like the only reason to watch the Bethesda conference for me. It was definitely the best part, yeah. Yeah, they showed tons, I... of, showed tons of gameplay, mm -hmm. and it also just looks like the best game there. Sure. Well, it's the, it's the closest one to coming out. I mean, everything else is, is more in development <laughs> and whatnot. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I do like that style of kind of conference, because I feel like that's what, especially EA and Ubisoft, should be more trying to do, of showing you know, a smattering of various things that are coming out in the future take up 30 minutes or so and then spend just a good half an hour being like hey this is this game that's coming out and it's cool and we're going to show you why it's cool and I, I think that's a, a, a really nice format Yeah, agreed I, I, Ubisoft was far too long EA didn't show anything and I thought Bethesda was definitely good but I didn't think it was um, they didn't have probably enough to show for their own conference I did go down and uh, download their demo for Doom and I'm so glad I did not like that I, game at all um, really? I, I don't I, I don't like that kind of shooter so I was really surprised I actually really really liked it I did not think that I would but I, I quite enjoyed it yeah prior to release and everything I didn't really see anything special about it like yeah okay it looked like a return to Doom's roots but I never played the original Doom so I didn't have any kind of nostalgia for that but then after it came out, a whole bunch of people whose opinions I tend to conform to, for lack of a better word, have praised it at, like as highly as possible. So I'm I'm really interested in trying out the the Doom reboot. Is it a reboot or is it a sequel? It's so, a yeah. Go down. Reboot, resequel. It's, it's a Re it's so requel. It, there's there's Boot a great quote? article by a, uh, a a prominent YouTuber Patrick Klepek on Kotaku, uh, where he breaks down kind of where this sequel comes from and the different parts that kind of align out of the other Dooms into this one. Um, but the, the 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 best part about it is the fact that like the Doom guy is basically like the in like bunny rabbit ears doom guy and it's kind of referred to as like the doom guy by the denizens of hell because he has done this before <laughs> and they thought they got rid of him by locking him in a sarcophagus and then he you know he was let go and it's like he is there's a great quote on the um a joker wiki from one of the comic books and it's that uh, Joker is the bad Joker is the bad guy that bad guys have nightmares about. <laughs> and Doom the Doom Marine is the bad guy that demons have nightmares about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. 
so I, I don't think that it's necessarily like it I don't think it's a tight sequel to any of them, but it's also not a re it's not trying to reinvent the franchise. Yeah. It's also so, a Doom game, so I'm sure yeah. it doesn't really matter where it yeah. fits into continuity. Actually, in hindsight, but, uh, the only Doom games I've played are the ones that are nothing like Doom. I've played Doom 3 and Doom 64. Mm. They just, they don't really count to most fans. I've, I've played I've only... the first level of Doom, and then I've played all subsequent levels with every cheat code on you could imagine. <laughs> I have never gotten through any of those games honestly. I, I've never beaten a Doom. I only played Doom at friends' houses and stuff back in the day. Doom and Wolfenstein, and, uh, and TIE Fighter. That was, that was always fun. I was terrible at those games. Um, Total, totally tangential, but because we've been talking about Doom, it reminded me, does anyone else find it really strange that the big friendly giant movie is being called the BFG? And, like, that's its official title? I think that's what the main cover of that book actually has on it. Uh, like the the logo for it. I don't ever think that it was called per se BFG, uh, but I I shelved books for four years in high school, and I remember putting up. I remember reshelving that book a lot, and it was a giant BFG. Yeah, you're so. right. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. It it just seems so weird to me. It's like here's this childhood fantasy game. What's it called? The Big Fucking Gun. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> it's like, Johnny, I don't think you should be reading this. That's not sound friendly at all. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, going on from, from there, anything from Microsoft? Random note about Microsoft. I guess I'm answering my own question here. Um, ReCore has seen a price reduction. It is not, it's been, you know, you can, anytime a game is announced, it's always available for pre-order like five seconds later on Amazon. Uh, and it's been a full price game, $69. Um, but the other day, it went down to 39 And is, wow. is that price everywhere? Um, so... So either... I, the original price was a mistake, or they're just not getting any pre-orders. Really I hope it's the first one. Bad showing. Really, I liked Recore. It looked quite I cool. Think it looked very generic. I I agree with Joel on this one. I think after last year's kind of quick showing of it, I thought this year it didn't. It it, it okay. This is gonna sound really wrong because there's a lot of stuff that that is budget that that's okay but it looked kind of like a budget title okay i could understand that yeah i'm not sure i'd want to pay 70 dollars for it but then i don't pay 70 dollars for any game <laughs> there was a there was a roughness yeah! to like the animations and the way things were running around and the environments that, that they were running around in that just seemed a little off okay so I think that price point actually makes me a little bit more excited for that game. I uh, I, pre I went ahead and pre-ordered it because now it's actually <laughs> of like of course what, you did. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. I'm me, but um, it's you know with Amazon it's now like what thirty three dollars or whatever. So I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. I'll do that. No, 
I, I actually do think that's a better price for that game. I don't think it was well marketed. I, Actually, you know what? You asked the question, What it, is there any lingering thoughts about the Microsoft conference? I think after I've given it some thought and some some time to stew on it, I don't think they had a very good conference. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I was excited for any of the games that they showed. I thought they looked interesting, but most of the time I was like, Gears of War 4, not going to play that. Not going to happen. Uh, sea of Thieves, I was excited. Not anymore. Um, I just did yeah. I, I just there was not a game that they were showing. I played Halo Wars 2. Uh, well, first off. Oh, yeah. How, how did that go? I uh, it didn't go. It nope. didn't go. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they extended the beta for an extra couple days because it was not working. Uh, I probably spent an hour and a half, two hours with that game launched on my system. I think I played it for 15 minutes. Um, it would hard crash or it would freeze up and I'd have to unplug my Xbox One because it wouldn't shut down. Um, when I finally got into a game uh, like two times, I think, one time it kicked me out like 10 seconds after starting. I did get one match in, uh, but it took, I'm not exaggerating, five minutes on the loading screen for the game to load up. Um, and finally, when I got in, uh, my teammate, it was a two versus two match, had quit. So about 10 minutes later, oh. after I built my base, you cannot win an RTS by yourself. Uh, so they both actually teamed up, I guess. I don't know if they planned this out or if they were talking or not, but they just annihilated me. So didn't get much time with it, but that's another game that I think is interesting for me because I like those type of games. But even I was not super excited for um, a console RTS. So I don't know. I'm very surprised that that game is even a thing. I'm actually surprised they'd go Halo Wars 2 and not actually go back to what made an ensemble um popular in the first place but that's just me wishing i could play age of empires 4 <laughs> but uh yeah I'm, i am too surprised that they've gone back to halo wars mm-hmm. so yeah I, I thinking about it i just was not as excited about um the microsoft conference as i was coming out of it and i think a lot of that was colored by the sony conference and just i felt like they had a variety that microsoft just doesn't have and hasn't had um i just but at the same time, you're getting those games soon where Sony, who knows when those games are coming out. <laughs> I feel like that was everyone's reaction for last year's E3 as well. Everyone kept docking Sony points because all their games weren't coming out until 2016. And now they're like, well, all their games aren't coming out until 2017. Well, that's because only one game has come out. <laughs> <laughs> Uncharted's here and nothing else. I feel like that, that was actually probably a common theme with this E3, is showing mm-hmm. more information on stuff that we already knew existed, at least in the case of Microsoft and right. Sony, not mm-hmm. in the case of EA. EA showed no information on stuff we already knew existed. <laughs> uh, as far as Microsoft goes, uh, just to step back into that for one more second, I, I still feel excited about it, and I think actually a lot of it stems from the new the Xbox One S. Like, I'm actually... I'm actually really excited to get one of those. It was really weird for me because I'm they're advertising Xbox One S and Project Scorpio, whatever that's going to end up being. But then they're also talking about all this cross-platform play between Xbox One and Windows 10. And they keep yeah. revealing games and then being like, it's also available on Windows 10. So I'm like, okay, why would I ever want to buy an Xbox One? There, there are literally zero games for that console that I want to play that aren't also on PC. 
Well, I don't. I don't know how it's gonna work. If I, I feel like they're doing the crossplay thing to promote the Windows 10 store, uh, they've said nothing about whether or not it you could buy the game on Windows and you get an Xbox copy for free. Um, so I, I think uh, I think their primary platform is still Xbox, and they're using that to try to build up the Windows side, because if nobody's buying it anyway, then giving it away for free is not really losing anything. From uh, listening to a couple a of interviews game. with with um, uh, Phil Harrison, Phil Harrison, right? Uh, Spencer. No, Spencer. Phil Spencer. I do Harrison the is the bald guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they are they are absolutely pushing the Windows Xbox kind of dual community. So I would abs- I would actually go the opposite way and absolutely expect that if you purchase one, they their initiative right now is that cross-play. They want you to be able to play that wherever it will. Now, I, I would expect everything to be digital. It is, yeah. No, yeah. actually, that was that was one of my questions back during the conference, and it is it is playing on their um, on their store page right now of the the stuff that's available for the the cross buy you have to buy a digital copy of the game you can't just go buy one from amazon and it come with a code or anything you you buy it from microsoft and you get that extra copy yes which means i'm not going to go that route um but i i I think the one thing that phil erson said and i forget which interview i was listening to that he said this but I think they want to give, and I, I like this, they want to give the consumer options, and I think that's cool. I don't think there's a huge user base that's like, oh man, I wish I could have this for PC and Xbox One. But even if they get, you know, 500,000 people to buy an Xbox One as an extension of their PC games, cool. Mm-hmm. That, that's good sure. for them. Um, yeah, it doesn't per, hurt them either way. Per, per him, he said that the that they are getting away from the pushing like Xbox as a unit mentality to the these are how many people are using our products and playing our games right now. Yeah, and that's a the marketing thing too though, right? Yeah, exactly. But I mean but by using that like that, by using that exact I mean it is like it totally would be the other way if they were in Sony's position right now. Uh, but at the same time like that's I think it's a real you know, that's a real good piece of marketing. I think, I think that it, works. Yeah, I and also I think, um, although I was very positive on our Microsoft recap of the Scorp, is it Scorpio? Scorpio. Yeah, Scorpio. Hank Scorpio. Scorpio. Okay, uh, I, I was very positive on that. I think it's a great idea. I, I still do. I think marketing it at E3 was a total blunder. I think it was confusing with the S, um, even for us. Like. It's like, well, wait a second. Like, you got a 4K box coming out this year. What's the Scorpio difference? Like, what what are we doing? And why would I buy this if you're coming out with another new console next year? Um, I, I thought that marketing and even Phil Harrison was like, like trying to, Phil Spencer, sorry, was trying to explain <laughs> it. Um, sorry, I screwed everybody up. <laughs> okay, I always call him Phil Harrison too. Uh, was trying to explain just, just it. Just Phil. It, just there, Phil. There, I think there's only one Phil there now. Anyway, sure. So just, just... Uh, they probably fired the rest of them. Uh, there can only be no more fills. Yeah. Everyone's getting you confused. We can only have one. Yeah. Um, I think they should have announced that later. There was no need to have it at E3 if they weren't coming out with it this year. Um, and I, I found it confusing. I think they did it to try to preempt Sony. I think they already had it in the works. Yeah. No, um, they did. And then and then Sony announced 
like two days before E3 that they weren't showing the PlayStation Neo at you E3, also... and they were like, "Well, it's already like we already planned this, so well, and he let's mentioned... just go for it and see how it goes." Uh, Phil, uh, who we know on a first name basis now, um, the Phil, yeah, the Phil at Microsoft uh, did say that they wanted to make sure consumers understood what was coming and, and were informed that there was going to be a new console next year to not feel jaded if they bought the Xbox One S. And I think that's smart. And they, I just don't know if they announced either of these at E3. Uh, it was a little confusing, um, and it, their messaging was still a little Microsoft and I, I find a lot of their messaging to still be a little um, just needing some other company to come in and say hey you might want to just change they, how you're showing they this don't off. get another company they need Jay Allard yeah the hoodies That's, back they, they, they need sports coats and hoodies and baldness but not Phil Harrison baldness <laughs> they need Jay Allard baldness and he'd just make everything okay that's, a, that's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, none of us watched the uh, the PC one, so who knows what happened there. Yeah, I went uh, on um, PC Gamer's YouTube channel just to like check out any trailers, and there was like a wall of like 50 of them, and I just said, forget it, I'll learn about these games when they come out, or closer <laughs> to when they come out. Like I would be doing with all of these things if it wasn't like not my job, but my responsibility to the site to check out some of this stuff. Sure. Really we did do a grading the the conference docs for basically we basically have feature articles for each of the conferences, and I basically asked everyone to to chip in if they could. Um, we got a whopping zero responses for the PC gaming show, which I really wasn't that surprised of. Um, I don't think any one of our 15 or 17 writers watched that show, and if they did, they probably were doing something else while watching it. Um, and I, 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 I did not. I would have watched it, but we were podcasting during that, and I was like, talking about Microsoft is more important than watching the PC thing. <laughs> exactly. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know if that comes back next year. I hope it doesn't. I hope not. I didn't expect it to come back this year, though, so... You know? It's, who knows? It didn't improve at all. At That's all. What like, I sat through... I, th I sat through probably, like, 40 minutes of it while we were talking about other stuff, and it just... It was the same thing. And, I mean, the, the guy who does the hosting for it, Day9, um, that dude's a good streamer. Um, he, you know, he talks a good game as far as, as getting out there and being personable with people. But... When you bring out, like, the whole thing is a walking advertisement. I mean, all of these kind of are, but, at the, like, this more than most because you bring out, like, the sponsor and they physically have hardware, like, chip hardware that they are showing you on stage in one of those, <laughs> like, soft briefcase things that are all hard shell on the inside and all, like, foam I want to lay inside this cushion forever, like, on the inside. Like, they, they just, she pulls out, like, this is our new... You know, this is all this, and it's got 60 gigaflops on the inside, and shit's happening, lightning's coming down from the sky because this is such a super great thing. And here's our more economical uh, chipset. And it's like, what are, what is going on? What in the hell kind of show is this, and, and why did you have to sell out this badly? What is happening? <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of funny. So I don't know, I... I, I I am 
indifferent as to whether or not it comes back because like next year I will probably end up sitting through the same amount and just turning it <laughs> off in disgust again. So whatever, I'm 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 completely unaffected. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. It's so weird because like to my knowledge, most PC gamers aren't actually that into the hardware. They 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 build their machine and then that's what they have for a few years. They don't really care about, you know, annual releases for new new cards and whatnot. At least that's the way I, I play on PC. I, I agree, other... although I thought I thought the latest NVIDIA video card seemed to transcend that normal, and I agree with you. I think 99% of the time you're right. You build a PC and you don't really pay attention until you have to build your next PC. But for some reason, the 1070 and the 1080 just got people excited. Um, I think the price point helped a lot mm-hmm. um, compared to like the Titan. Um, and this is coming from a guy who hasn't built a PC in... I don't know, seven or eight years, but um, even I was like, wow, that's pretty reasonable, and that seems like pretty good performance boosts, and um, th- those old cards were real expensive, so this is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, where AMD, I'm not sure, I know they've come out with also some actually lower budget, um, I, want, I don't want to say lower budget, but lower priced um, VR capable video cards, and that's pretty cool too. I, I think it's a, there there's a little bit of a resurgence of video cards just given the VR heavy nature of PCs right now. People are building PCs to do VR. Sure. Um, so that's kind of got interest up, I think, a little bit. But I, I'm with you, Jordan. I don't think well, on the grand scale people are all that interested in that stuff. And they won't be coming to E3 for that. They'll go to CES. Yeah, and they w- the, the show's not going to change either unless someone other than AMD sponsors it. Because obviously AMD right. is going to advertise their hardware. They don't have anything else to do there. Aren't both consoles using AMD video cards? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Um, in the last generation with the you know 360 and um, PlayStation 3, IBM was like the actual winner. Like no matter who sold however many consoles, IBM had chipsets in all three consoles. And then this year, um, not in the the Wii U, but in the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. AMD has the the chipset, so it's like there's always a winner, and it's not either of the console makers. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever gets their chips and everything, they win. Um, but uh, but yeah, and that uh, I guess kind of brings us back to Sony, uh, or well, Ubisoft. Um, that was too long. Let's skip them. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you spent <laughs> so too much time brings- Ubisoft that day. That brings us back to Sony, yeah. Um, which we've already talked about. We kind of started the show off. I uh, didn't talk about God of War, though. God of War looked cool. Um, am I? Brian and I have already had this conversation on Twitter. Am I the only one that's actually a lot less excited about this game now that I know it's actually connected to the other God of War games, that this is Kratos? No, I'm with you. No, I, I'm less excited because of that. For okay. one thing, the character just see. looks like they took yeah. Kratos' model and added a beard to it. They didn't See, do I, anything else. I don't think he looks anything like Kratos, minus the white skin and red tattoo. Like, I think, like, facially, he yeah. looks like a completely different character. I will say it makes me more worried that they showed us a really cool segment of a game that's still going to be a bloody, sex-filled rage of eight hours of video games, <laughs> right. and I'm really hoping that's not I, what it is. I didn't even think about the sex. It's like, son, turn away. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got a right. thing to do. I, I need to get orbs. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so what, what, and an achievement. Yeah. yeah. It's time you learn how this goes down, son. <laughs> Let's hope that they don't go this down. Is, this oh, is your God. this is your vision. No, from everything I've read about it, and from all the stuff that they were saying, and now again, they could easily drop the ball on this. It sounds like this is that this this to me, and from what I've read, sounds like a very interesting kind of coming out of the dark story. That this is a Kratos who, so many odd years ago, because he is now functionally immortal, um, you know, destroyed a pantheon, has moved on, has kind of started a family and is trying to get back to some little bit of normalcy. Um, there is a... There's a... There's like a... There's a, like a button uh, supposedly that controls actions with the sun. Um, it seems to be kind of a very like Joel Ellie-esque like relationship. Um, so yeah, it's... You know, like to me this sounds like they're they're moving in a really interesting direction and the fact that it is Kratos, that they are going to take a character that we have all this history with, that they have openly acknowledged was a completely one-dimensional character, because he was. He was nothing but rip-roaring rage, and, and them trying to do something deeper with it sounds fantastic to me. I and really I don't, so. I do not want to see them drop this ball. It will, it will be interesting to see if they follow through with that, or if they just end up with it being... You know, God if, of War with like, Norse, Norse into, mythology instead. I am going to be very disappointed if this turns into, like, Taken, and Kratos is just the Liam Neeson character. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll play you're it. Right. You're right. I don't want the, that. The next scene in that game could be... I'm not, I don't know my uh, mythology, but I, someone taking his son, and you're right, he rips off his... he shaves his beard... And he's back to Kratos being yeah. just like this terrible he shaves beard, his beard with his axe. chain to the axe yeah. and then starts, you know, just rip roaring his way through stuff. Like I don't, I, I don't, don't want that, and it doesn't sound like that's what they're making, which and I think I, is, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think they show what they showed uh, at E3 if that's what they were going to make. But there's still that fear. But uh, yeah, that game would look great. I'm, I'm really hopeful but, for that one. I, I love I get... one and two. I guess for me, the the fear is the same as kind of going back to our Call of Duty conversation, that what I saw looked fantastic, and I just, I don't trust them to actually make something new. And, and as I said on Twitter, that's why I'm the optimist and you're the dissenter. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Yep. Those are our positions. I agree on that. Both of those fronts too. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> absolutely why this podcast is always fun to do. <laughs> With a couple of exceptions, I can't think of a lot of developers slash publishers or big ones, at least, that I would trust to for an, in any sense of that word. Like kind of just Naughty Dog. That's, yeah, I was just gonna say Naughty Dog. It's a real short list. Probably Naughty Dog. I, if they came out and said that they were doing that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, no, I totally yeah. buy that. Like game, like, game I mean, publishers even, and trust are two yeah. terms that don't really go well together. Yeah, because at the end of the day, fifty to sixty percent of the games that we're super hyped about coming out of E3 end up either not ever coming out or being complete duds. Yeah. Sure. Not to put a downer at the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, to bring, bring well, it back to, up to pick it right back Guardian up, it's going to be the next Last Guardian date. or Beyond Good and Evil Two or Agent. I guess Last Guardian's oh, well, coming out. Yeah. Last Guardian right. still has to come out. 
Yeah, have, that we have a date. it still hasn't actually been released yet though, so there's always time for them to mess that up. Um, but uh, right before E3 happened, uh, um, 2K renewed like the license or whatever for Agent. Yeah, you you kind of uh, wonder if uh, they just had that logo made for E3 and that was pretty much all they that's, had. And, that's all they have. And so, like, every year they have to renew that, that license or that copyright just in case. But I think what I've heard is, like, this is the last chance that they have to do that or something oh, really? before it, it, it goes out and they have to either they make something with awesome it or... the name of Agent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that very descriptive and just evocative name, Agent. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they're, I think they're worried about losing that, um, gun inside the G or whatever it was. Um, but, uh, so anyway, to, uh, to actually, to, to bring it back up, uh, is there anything, especially for this year, um, 2016, is there anything that you guys are excited about to, uh, to get your hands on, whether it whether it came out of E3 or not, but, you know, since we're talking E3, that would probably make the most sense. I'll go quickly and just say I thought Mafia 3, although not shown much, at the, I don't think at all during the conferences, I, from what I saw, looked pretty cool. I'm excited for that, and I'm also somewhat excited for Watch Dogs 2. I'm not sure I love where they're going with that, but uh, it does look like it has a little bit of personality. So two open-world action games that are probably going to meld together in my head, but uh, two games I'm looking forward to this holiday. Yeah, Mafia, Mafia 3 does look really, really good. Yeah. And this fall also seems like it'll be a really great year for people that like Deus Ex style games because we're getting both Dishonored and Deus Ex. Deus Ex. Good call. Despite every chance they took to ruin the look of their game with their horrible trailers, I am still super looking forward to Final Fantasy XV. I will not be playing it in VR because that looks horrible. Yeah, what? Um, and I want, I, I want Titanfall two seen. on my, I want Titanfall two on my monitor right now. Yeah, right. I, I am, I'm happy that I can actually look forward to Titanfall two. Like we yeah. were all like, like pretty much like, like ninety five percent certain that there was gonna be um, a single player mode to it because they had kind of talked about that even before the re- release of the first one that, you know, they were going multi-platform with the next one, they would have single player, all that kind of stuff but just like knowing that that's going to be there um, that's that's cool, because like giant mechs, swords, grappling hooks that's something I want to play I just don't want to play it with other people <laughs> I like giant mechs that have a priority list yes so the, a directive straight up Robocop find a pilot defend the pilot <laughs> don't kill any members of OCP it all of that the question, stuff if it has the ability to go out and find a pilot itself why does it need a pilot well maybe oh, it's like maybe it's like the ring we're in trouble <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> gee I wonder how the story's gonna go down Maybe it's just like the uh, the ring from like the Green Lanterns. Like it has to go and find just like it just like busts through a city and picks up some person out of like a coffee shop. It's like you are now my pilot. It's like I, I can I finish my latte. It's it's the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. It needs the pilot to inject it with Lyceum so that it can continue to live. Um, life finds a way. 
It does, and hopefully that leads to, you know, like, crazy, just Titan sex. <laughs> Titan, hot Titan on Titan action with baby Titans at the end of the game. That's how, that's how Horizon Zero Dawn comes that's, about. Yes, that's so, na then we find out that t Titanfall 2 is actually just, like, Horizon, like, minus one Dawn. <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn Origin. Yeah. I'm gonna Everything at they're like, oh, we've gone too far. We need to push it back. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Jordan, did you mention anything? I got the, all the Titanfall sites. Got, um, I can't think straight anymore. <laughs> I don't know if I can really say I'm looking forward to Inside, considering it comes out in, like, a week now. But, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. The gameplay they showed at the... I don't think they actually showed it at the conference, but they showed it at some point at E3. Looked, it pretty much looked like Limbo 2. It looks exactly like it, which I'm not okay. going to complain about more Limbo. Sure. Uh, and then I guess, like, stuff that I was already excited for, like Dishonored 2 and Last Guardian. It's all coming out this fall, which is going to be cool. Indeed. Yeah, I, I forgot about inside, and like, I don't know. Like, there, there are things that I, I kind of forget about the Microsoft conference, like the We Happy Few trailer. Like, We Happy Few looks that great. Looks so cool. Like, I really want to play that. Um. So, uh, so yeah, that that looked awesome. Uh, for me, like as as far as this year goes, like there's, Dishonored Two absolutely takes the cake. I, I've already. I've already pre-ordered that too. Um, hopefully, I'll, it'll stick with just these two things, like Recore and um, and Dishonored Two. Uh, but I will get my Dishonored mask and ring, so that'll be good. And um, yeah, that game just looked really fantastic. It showed really well. Um, and you know, I'll, I'll also get my uh, copy of Dishonored Definitive Edition so that I can have that game on multiple platforms because that's always necessary. I am totally looking for that when this, the summer sale starts. I, I need to finish that now to find out to do this. Yeah, you do. Because that's a great, great game. Um, so, yeah. I think that does it for this episode. I think. Yeah, I think yeah that's, that's, that's right. Cool. The food right. in the background is telling me that you were correct. All right. Fantastic. All right, well, guys, thank you so much for joining me to uh, kind of do our final recap of E3 2016. Uh, overall, I think it was a great year. Yes. A lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, it's, I don't know, E3 is kind of like Christmas for me. It's like I anticipated a lot. It's always a lot of fun to just sit down and, and watch hours upon hours of people talk about video games and then spend hours upon hours myself talking about video games and then it's over and it's like man now what do I do that went by so fast yeah <laughs> but uh but it was great so thank you guys for uh for joining and talking about that thank you listeners for checking us out and hearing us ramble about video games uh, if you want to check out Dark Station and more stuff like the Dark Cast, then head on over to darkstation.com. There you can see uh, other crew members' thoughts on the uh, the various press conferences. You can see our reviews and previews and all that kind of good stuff. Um, also, just want to make a note that uh, 
It's not part of Dark Station, but we've started another podcast called Gamers Read, and so you can go check that out at gamersread.com. It's exactly what it episode, sounds like. Episode one is already up. It's on iTunes. You can check that out. It will be on Stitcher and other places soon. Um, so it's it's us talking the way we do, but about books. So that's like obviously a recipe for success. Uh, so yeah, go check those out, darkstation.com and gamersread.com, and then we will be back to talk about more video game related things later on, so thank you all again, and have a good one. Bye.